Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Erin O'Toole calls for the Prime Minister to fire his Chief of Staff. She knowingly let the Prime Minister suggest that General Vance was a champion for Operation Honour, when he was really an, an example of the kind of behaviour Operation Honour was trying to stamp out. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine will soon be available across Canada, but experts say it's up to Canadians to decide whether they should take it. At this time, based on the current evidence, Massey recommends that similar to the AstraZeneca vaccine, the Anson vaccine may be offered to individuals 30 years of age and older without contraindications if the individual prefers an earlier vaccine rather than waiting for an mRNA vaccine and if the benefits outweigh the risks. And Liberal insiders say if Mark Carney chooses to run as a Liberal in the next election, he will likely run in Ottawa. When he appeared at the convention uh, for the first time ever in his career, he said, I'm a Liberal uh, and, and put on sort of the partisan shirt. It's Tuesday, May the 4th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Good morning. So let's start by talking about Aaron O'Toole's request for the Prime Minister to fire his Chief of Staff, Katie Telford, over what she knew in the Prime Minister's office about the allegations against General Jonathan Vance when he was Chief of the Defence Staff. Uh, The Conservatives obviously are trying to sustain this as a political scandal, even as an investigation has begun into, more broadly, sexual misconduct in the Canadian military. What do you think about that? Well, we're going to be seeing this debated all day because the Conservatives have chosen to use their opposition day for it. And I know the Liberals were talking last week about, um, you know, is this really the thing that we should be talking about in the middle of a third wave of a pandemic? I think you're going to hear that line a bit today in debate. Certainly, you don't need to be a political expert to realize that the Prime Minister is not going to fire his Chief of Staff because the opposition wants him to. So... Of course, there's politics involved with this. And it was interesting yesterday also to watch how the opposition is divided on who to blame for this. The um, Jagmeet Singh was saying the buck stops with the prime minister. So I think, you know, this week especially, we're, we're getting lost in the politics of this this. Uh, huge controversy before the military, and you and I have talked before about this, is um, is any of this really addressing the, the culture that needs to be fixed in the military? Is a, a, a squabble over the prime minister going to fix it? Or is this about sort of uh, chipping away at the feminist credentials of a feminist government and a feminist prime minister? Right. But obviously those two things can happen at the same time. There can be an True. effort to yeah. fix the, the culture in the Canadian military, which obviously needs to be fixed. And there can be legitimate questions asked about the Prime Minister's feminist credentials, as there have been before, as other stories have have surfaced from his past and, and current behavior, right? Yes, that's right. And yeah, I, I don't want to take away anything from that. I think... Um, what you're seeing here is the Liberals following. Uh, it, it's it's interesting because the the Prime Minister, and he he hints at this when he answers this. He says 
I've been very swift to fire people before. I'm when um, when sexual harassment is an issue, and before he was prime minister, two MPs were summarily kicked out of his caucus for this kind of thing. I think a lot of people are wondering why the fierce defense of Harjit Sajjan, who um, I think some columnists uh, have said, that John Iveson, for example, I think this morning is saying this is Sajjan's mess. Um, and and I would add, uh, perhaps some people would say not his first mess, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yes, the, the, the questions around this are legitimate, I think, but the Liberals... Uh, also shut down a committee yesterday that was going that was trying to get uh, Ms. Telford there to um, to testify. They're not meeting again until Friday. I would imagine in the, the you know this is uh, an issue of some concern inside the Prime Minister's office because it's not going away. It is the focus of most of the questions in the House of Commons at the moment. I don't have a good sense of whether Ms. Telford will appear before a committee or or whether she will um, or whether the Prime Minister's office will continue to say that the Prime Minister is responsible for the Prime Minister, not his chief of staff. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure they've decided what to do about that, but they are clearly playing out the clock on it. All right, let's turn to vaccines. And there has been a lot of buzz on social media in in the last 24 hours about uh, an announcement made yesterday by the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, the NACI, uh, that basically said after Canadians had been advised over and over again for weeks that uh, you shouldn't vaccine shop, uh, that you should take the first vaccine that you're offered, if it doesn't matter which one you get, um, they basically said yesterday that two of the vaccines, Pfizer's and Moderna's, are preferred, to use their word, um, and that Canadians should weigh the risks of waiting for one of them before deciding to take a more immediate vaccine from the others that are approved in Canada, the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines. Um, and naturally, that has provoked a very strong reaction, and I expect will be much talked about today. I think this is a this is a massive development. It, uh, I I I don't even know where to start with how disturbing this is going to be for government because, and, and you saw doctors like Dr. Brian Goldman, the CBC uh, radio show doctor, saying, for the, for the, "It pains me to say this, but don't listen to the advisory committee." For weeks, you're right, the government has been saying, go get the AstraZeneca shot. Uh, the Prime Minister, Premier Doug Ford, got the AstraZeneca shot. And now this has landed in the middle of all of this. And the only effect of it will be to make Canadians vaccine shop, vaccine hesitant, and start a huge scramble. And we saw uh, hints of this yesterday at the Ontario briefing for all those people who've had the AstraZeneca shot to wonder now whether they should get their second shot as a Pfizer or Moderna shot. It is, um, it has split the um, Health Canada from its own advisory committee. It's a, it's a gap between uh, what's said and what's recommended. So I, I, like you said, I think this is going to, there's going to be major fallout from this today. 
as there should be. Michelle Rempel got a few good questions in yesterday uh, in, in the House of Commons about this and didn't get very satisfactory answers, frankly. But I I think that is the major story of the day, is, is what do we do with this advice now and what kind of chaos have they just unleashed in a very nervous, pandemic-weary Canada with this uh, this strange recommendation. And I think we're going to see today politicians being asked for their reaction to it, and, and I'm, I'm sure some of them will be contradicting it. I, I'm interested to see what the government says about this particular recommendation, because it obviously goes against their message for the last several weeks now. Yeah, me too. I'm very curious. And, and the, the, the answer should be better than they were yesterday. When, when Michelle Rempel asked about it, the health minister said, you're trying to feed vaccine hesitancy or vaccine nervousness, which is not the right answer to this. That um, I, like everybody else, was sitting there listening to it and saying, what on earth are we going to do with this kind of advice? And I know scientists aren't politicians and uh, doctors aren't politicians. And we know that some advice evolves in real time during this pandemic. But this was, uh, I think this is the first major split you've seen between what what's being advised and what is sort of good for the country. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Mark Carney, the former governor of the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, of course. Um, there is increasing speculation that he's going to run for the Liberals in the next federal election. And a report in the Hill Times suggests he would choose to run in the Ottawa area, which is where he lived before he moved to England, of course. Um, what are you hearing about this? I, you know, I've been covering the Liberals for more than 30 years, and this is their hobby. This is what Liberals do. Uh, from the moment I arrived in Ottawa in the 80s, the Liberals like to talk about who's going to be the next leader. Uh, we, had, we had a little break from that. Uh, since 2014, 2015, when Justin Trudeau came in, there didn't seem to be anybody else in the wings. But to me, this is liberals reverting to type. I don't know that Mark Carney wants to run for leader. I know he hasn't done a huge amount lately to tamp down the speculation. In fact, when he appeared at the convention uh, for the first first time ever in his career, he 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 said, "I'm a liberal," uh, and and put on sort of the partisan shirt. But I'm not sure that the Liberal Party pandemic or no is ready yet for another reversion back to type and, and back to the the hobby of next leader shopping. I, I'm not sure that we're exactly there yet. Justin Trudeau shows no signs of wanting to go away anytime immediately. Mm. All right, we'll see what happens. Susan, thank you very much for joining us today. All right, thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. If the Prime Minister doesn't hold Ms. Telford to account, it will be an admission that he has not been truthful about his knowledge of the allegation. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues the opposition shouldn't be focusing on Katie Telford when it's clear the military sexual misconduct crisis is Harjit Sajjan's mess. Iveson writes, Sajjan's appointment was always an accident waiting to happen, given Jonathan Vance was his superior when the two men were in Afghanistan. This seems a straightforward case of the minister doing his old boss a solid favor. 
The opposition should resist the temptation to score cheap political points by going after Katie Telford and instead focus on the national interest, the removal of Sajjan, and the appointment of a minister with the moral authority to cauterize this wound. In the Toronto Star, Gillian Stewart argues Jason Kenney's COVID-19 strategy has made Alberta exceptional for all the wrong reasons. Stewart writes, Alberta's case numbers are the worst in Canada, and the new restrictions Jason Kenney has put in place aren't that much different from the previous ones, which were pretty weak to begin with. For Kenny, it seems to be just a matter of numbers, about successfully matching the number of ICU beds with the number of patients, and thereby creating an efficient assembly line. Wouldn't it be smarter to do what is needed to keep people from needing to go to hospital at all? In the Montreal Gazette, Alison Haynes argues that we don't want vaccine passports to provide a false sense of security. Haynes writes... How to identify those who have had their vaccinations and what privileges we will be granted is a delicate matter. The most compelling reasons for caution are questions about how long immunity lasts and vaccine efficacy in the face of new variants. We don't want vaccine passports to provide a false sense of security. Some form of immunity passport is likely necessary. But until the vast majority receive both doses of the vaccine, it's premature. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. MPs in the House of Commons will spend most of the day debating an opposition motion calling on the Prime Minister to fire his Chief of Staff and most trusted advisor. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more. Mark, the motion comes from the opposition Conservatives and they're calling for the firing of Chief of Staff Katie Telford. It's the latest in the opposition's attacks on the government for what it says is an unforgivable inaction by the Trudeau government on allegations of sexual misconduct by former Chief of Defence Staff General Jonathan Vance. The motion states that, quote, given that the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff was informed about a specific sexual harassment allegation against General Vance three years ago, and given that the Prime Minister asserts that this sexual harassment allegation was never brought to his attention, and that the Prime Minister has said that those in a position of authority have a duty to act upon such allegations, the House calls upon the Prime Minister to dismiss his Chief of Staff for failing to notify him about a serious sexual harassment allegation at the highest ranks of the armed forces. Now, Mark, there will be a lot of heated debate about this motion all day long. The question is, will the other major opposition parties see fit to vote for the motion? If the Bloc and the NDP were to do so, the House will have sent a clear message. Now, such motions are not binding, but it would definitely ratchet up this controversy yet another step. And in this overheated political climate where some people are convinced the Liberals would like to go to an election sooner rather than later, one could be forgiven for asking the question, if such a motion were to pass, could the Prime Minister decide it constitutes a vote of non-confidence in his government and call an election? Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will address Canadians on the COVID-19 situation. He'll be joined by the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs, Dominic LeBlanc, and Public Services and Procurement Minister, Anita Anand, along with the Chief Public Health Officer of Canada, Dr. Theresa Tam. Also, the Prime Minister will attend question period today and later speak with the Prince of Wales. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will hold two virtual news conferences. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will take part in a virtual discussion with the 51 about women's economic empowerment. 
She will also virtually attend question period and meet with the Tourism Industry Association of the Yukon. Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller will take part in a virtual signing ceremony with the First Nations Education Council Chiefs Committee. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, May the 4th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.